Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I want to take back my son to Samuel to do his duty as before. Maybe you guys need to get divorced or separate. You want him to not just leave me, you want him to abandon his kids because he won't give you all of the money. Like, this is crazy. I want to take my son back. Granny to a seat and look into nothing. She wants to have us well for her husband, doing everything. You brainwash us well. You're too old for him. You control him. All I've done is love Oswell. That's why and I don't like you. Just fine. Don't like you, I don't care Granny. what anyone else don't... thinks of me. He had nothing when we met, and I loved him. So I, I, I apologize for loving Oswello and having it have nothing to do with money. I really am so sorry. I can't. Why are you crying, Kalani? Because of the way you brainwash and control Oswello? This whole circus, I'm done. I don't want to have no, anything to do not. with it. We're yeah, not I'm done. Back off. So no, I can't, like... Hey, Kalani. come here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, 90 Day Fiance Edition. Um, let's get into 90 Day Happily Ever After. Just some quick highlights and thoughts about what happened. Ooh, it's ramping up, y'all. First of all, maybe we as a people as a community, as Americans, as humans and citizens of this world need to maybe set up Debbie with like a GoFundMe so she can get like a year subscription to both Christian Mingle and eHarmony because I can't take her involvement in Colty's relationships anymore. Like, it's it's weird. (laughs) It's getting real weird, y'all. They... I mean, what really even happened with him? He invites Jess to come to Vegas. She doesn't trust him. She doesn't have any reason to trust him. And he wants to push this relationship further by having her come and visit. We find out. Wow. To our surprise. um, Colt has a secret. And he is scared that if he tells Jess, she might break up with him because she's the one who's 
so sensitive, right? Listen, none of the players in this game are have all their marbles, okay? I get that. But the fact that Colt, Colt is like a diabolical person. I'm not going to call him a genius. He's certainly nothing of the sort. But he plays this game like many men play. I'm Mr. Nice Guy. I, you know, I'm just a victim to all these crazy women that come in my path and I just want to love them and they're just so crazy and, oh, mommy, can I suckle at your breast or can you suckle at mine since I certainly have an ample, at least a C cup here. Um, he sucks. The fact that like, okay, yeah, like I said, Jess doesn't have it all together. She certainly pops off. She's definitely been rude to Debbie when she didn't need to be. However, um, here's Colt's problem, shall we? Um, Colt's issue is that he has invited Vanessa, the girl that Jess has been very clear that she does not want to have in her life or in Colt's life, and she popped the fuck off when she found out that Vanessa was watching his cats while they came to Brazil. Uh, Vanessa's getting a divorce and needed a place to stay and she is now staying I don't know probably in the cat condo with at Colty and Debbie's do you think that might be something that you want to tell Jess before she flies her ass from either Chicago or Brazil all the way to Vegas you think that might be something that you want to bring up to her since it was such an issue before that she threw two of her Aldo heels at you in a hotel. No. Because I think she's going to be mad at me. Because she gets really jealous. Debbie made two great points. This episode and probably the only two this season. is Well, three great points. One. Uh, Colt is clear in this relationship because he is A. Well, two points. He's in this relationship because he's desperate and wants a rebound from Larissa. Also, don't be stupid. Tell this woman that you have another woman living in your home uh, before she comes over here. Because she will be mad. You're right. But whose fault is that going to be, Colty? Yours. (sighs) I'm sick of them. I need them off my television. This season of happily ever after is like night it should be called like 90 day put them out to pasture because i'm sick of every single one of these couples with the exception of maybe kalani and asuelu they're the only ones who are giving us new content 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 that's frustrating compelling they're really the only ones that are serving us um let's talk about larissa larissa needs therapy quickly real quick like before she pumps 400 cc's into her chest quick she seems to be under the impression that a ericky who lives with another guy um somehow has upwards of thirty thousand dollars to give to her so she can get her boobs done and her nose done um Does he own that house and he's having somebody live there? Like, I'm confusion. How does he have all those, all that money? And wasn't the whole storyline of, like, part of the reason why they broke up is because, A, they weren't having sex, but, like, also that he, she was paying for everything? And that she wanted him to, like, start providing for them as a relationship, right? They're, they're, I feel like producers are just letting them do whatever the fuck. (laughs) like okay larissa eric we need some filler just say whatever it doesn't matter nobody's gonna remember but you know what i remember i remember so he apparently has this money to give to larissa for her plastic surgery but he wants it back (laughs) plus interest (laughs) oh my god and he wants her to sign a contract so she could give it back because this is a loan, not an offer. Eric does say, I really want to make sure that you're doing this for the right reasons. I think you're beautiful as you are. You don't need to get plastic surgery done for me. 
I hope that you are doing this for yourself, not for me, and also not to make Colt jealous. She swears down that it is not because of Colt. She does not do anything for him, and if she saw him in the desert and he needed water, she would not give him a drinky. So, this a conversation about the plastic surgery was, you know, like every conversation between Alyssa or, or Eric and Larissa, just weird and with a lot of hand movements. Let's move on. Tanya and Sinjin. They're having a braai, which is a South African barbecue with his family. And notice I said with his family because clearly Tanya is not part of his family at all. They don't really seem to care for her and that became evident in this scene. They're having a all their little smoked meats and grilled cheese. Honestly, I really had never even thought, like my dumbass had never really thought about, oh, people put like grilled cheese on an actual grill and it looked good as fuck. That's besides the point. Tony starts getting emotional about the fact that Sinjin is a non-starter. Same old story. She says, I want you to level up. I need you to level up. It's been two years. Why don't you level up? Sinjin says, hey, this is not Super Mario, whatever his accent is. Um, she starts crying and yelling in front of his family. They are clearly very uncomfortable with this. They think that Tanya's overreacting. And, you know what, they, um, you know, they're a bit of enablers for Sinjin. And I just feel like I keep having to have the same conversation about these people is that Sinjin is not motivated, but he's never been motivated. And I don't think he's ever really given the impression that he has plans on being motivated anytime soon. Tanya's problem is that she is, she heard what she wanted to hear out of Sinjin and now she's mad that it isn't happening. Also, Tanya doesn't have a job either and is no more um, willing to be mature, to get a job, to get, to reach any of the goals that she has set forth for Sinjin. It would be a really completely different conversation if Tanya was sitting there with a nine to five or not even a nine to five, just any job at all, (laughs) any job. (laughs) If she was making money regularly, steadily, and Sinjin was sitting on his ass pounding PBRs every day, completely fair. The only thing that Tanya seems to be to have over him if you want to say that is the fact that she doesn't drink as much as he does other than that they're both sitting in the house staring at each other all day aren't they Sandra just happens to be drunk and you know what I would be too (laughs) I don't understand like who who is she who is Tanya in this world what is she providing to the situation to the relationship that we're not seeing what is she doing with her day other than complaining about what Sinjin's not doing? I just feel like Sinjin is being honest. I don't feel like I've ever... She keeps proclaiming that like he has made made all these promises to her and that he's not delivering and this, that, and the third. I'm not seeing it. I don't recall him ever saying these things. I recall him saying, maybe I want to have kids in the future, but I don't know. Um, I would like to have a family or not a family, but a house in the future. But I also, what the first episode that we saw him on in the first season of Tanya and Sinjin, um, I want to maybe be a firefighter or an actor or a um, bartender or an opera singer or he, or, or, or. Okay, that, all of those are red flags. All the ors are red flags. And she just wants Sinjin to be somebody that he is not. The other problem is that she is not the person that should be saying this. She has no, <laughs> no pun intended, she has no leg to stand on. And I, I'm not referring to the fact that she got into a car accident. And I just, I'm just tired of it. 
I'm just really tired of it. And I, you know, I really don't like to have to be supportive of men and side with men ever in any situation. And I'm not really siding with Sinjin, but I do think that he has been honest this entire time. She needs to marry somebody else. And you can't just like at some point you just can't say, I've been waiting for you for two years. I've been in this relationship for two years and I'm the one who brought you to America. You wouldn't be in America if it weren't for me. And Sinjin's like, I didn't want to live in America. (laughs) You're right. I wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the fact that you were American and you made me move here. I don't want to be American. I want to be sitting here with my boys, pounding brews all day, eating hot meats straight off the grill, speaking Afrikaans. Okay, that's what I'd like to be doing and away from you. (laughs) I mean, like, what are we doing here? Do we know for a fact that Tanya and Zinjin are still together? Like, y'all know I don't like to have spoilers. That's why I don't really spill a whole lot of tea about these shows. Because I just don't like to know. I don't like to be spoiled. But just let me know if they're still together. So I know whether or not to be mad. Okay. Let's move on. Ugh, the family Libby. Ugh. 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 Exhausting. They continue to be absolutely disgusting. Her sister and her mom and her stepdad, I guess, end up coming to Malova. And hey, apparently they're all just like Chuck and Charlie. Gross, gross, gross. They are every fucking stereotype that you can ever imagine for like Trump supporters that live in Florida. And sorry, sorry to you guys that are living, that live in Florida. I can't imagine any of you guys are Trump supporters that are listening to this, but you know what? That's your problem, not mine. I, I mean, this is, this is what you people look like. Just so you know, (laughs) this is what, what we all see. They're so gross. Jen, her sister is worse somehow than Charlie, her brother, She says that she can't eat any of the food in Moldova because it's peasant food. They go to go dress shopping for traditional Moldovan wedding attire and she doesn't like it because it looks like it looks like Little House in the Prairie. Um, Might I direct all of you guys to Jen's mugshot where her face was on Little House on the Prairie not a few days, not a few years ago because she was um, driving on a suspended license. Somehow the bitch gets some microblading and all of a sudden she's better than everybody. Okay. Um, the only thing that was entertaining is when they are dress shopping. Libby's clearly, it's a small shop. Libby can clearly hear them talking. So it's Libby who's in the dressing room, her mother, her sister, Jen, and I think her name's Ina, who is, um, Andre's brother's wife. So Libby's sister-in-law, uh, they're all talking. The shop owner happens to speak pretty good English. So Jen decides to use her as an impromptu, um, interpreter so she can communicate with Ina and they want to know what's wrong with Andre. We need to talk about Andre. And they ask, has he always been like this? We heard about the fight that he got into with Chuck and Charlie the other day. Why is he so angry? Ina's like, I have no idea. He has had an attitude before, but it seems like he got worse. And then they start kikiing about, I don't know why Libby would stay with this guy. He's fucking weird. What a, what a disaster situation that she got into. Tee hee hee. Libby is not 20 to 25 inches away from them. She's pissed. She's pissed that they're having this conversation. Pissed that Jen has elected or um, hired this shopkeeper so they could all talk shit about Andre. But you know what? That was the only scene worth watching. And I was here for that. So Jen, you get half a point for me. Or saying what we've all been thinking is, Libby, why are you with this weirdo? He's so weird. There's nothing redeeming about him. (laughs) What are you doing, girl? Sorry, that's your problem. Okay, so the crown jewel of the episode was clearly 
Kalani. Where did this, where was this Kalani the whole time? I was living. I was living. Kalani said, I've had enough of a Swaylu's family demanding that a Swaylu jump over a thousand hoops and bend over backward to give y'all money. I'm going to meet y'all by the pier. We're going to have a talk about this. Kalani stood strong, was calm, cool, and collected while Tammy and Asuelu's mom acted fucking loony, lunatic, loonies, crazy, lunacy, abysmal, abominable behavior, awful. What the fuck is their problem? They just keep getting worse, 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 worse. I could not believe their behavior. The things that came, they said this shit with their full chest, disgusting. They seem to be under the impression that like Kalani's stupid and like you don't understand that giving money to your parents is a someone culture. This is what is expected of children, especially when they move to quote unquote better countries or countries with better opportunities like America. <sighs> we get it. She understands. She is Samoan. This is a culture that happens with a lot of uh, this. This is a tradition that happens with a lot of cultures. There are a lot of cultures that are expected to give back to their parents, including American ones, Spanish speaking ones, African cultures. It's not really that uncommon. They seem to think that she's stupid. They don't understand why they basically feel like this is like they're they're like at the top of the the pyramid here of like a multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> like like you guys you Kalani and Asuelu are downline and we don't understand why you guys aren't making your um, quotes for the month. They go from, they're just throwing everything at the fucking wall to see if it sticks, right? It's one second, Kalani, you're brainwashing us, Swaylu. Kalani, why don't you understand? You're half Samoan. Kalani, this is what is expected of him. Kalani, I work a full-time job and provide for my kids and why can't you do it to oh Kalani this is all your fault oh we're gonna take Asuelu back to Samoa fuck them kids so he can come back and give us money because he owes it what they really suggested that they were gonna take the father away from their children so that he could give them money. What? Bitch. I would have thrown Tammy off of that pier into whatever body of water is over there in Portland. See you later. Bye. The fact that Kalani stayed calm. I was screaming at the TV. <laughs> She was like, you know what? I'm not having this conversation with you guys anymore. The fact that you would even suggest that the father of my children should no longer see his kids so you guys can get money is enough for me to know that we do not need to be talking anymore. She walks away. Tammy starts like going for her. They're like they're on the fucking Jersey Shore. Like it's Snooky versus uh, Wow, season one. Excuse me? Osweilu's mom has to like hold her back. She's literally like, oh, I'm going to beat you. What? Pardon me? <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Kalani did not turn around. She didn't look at her. She didn't touch a finger to her. She obviously can hear what is happening. Snaps to you, Kalani. Not not flinching for a second. She goes back home. It's her last night in Portland. She's packing. Um, Kalani is in the living room taking care of the children while... Um, Asuelu sitting on the bed, staring at his phone and eating a sandwich, truly like a teenager. (sighs) She goes to tell him what happens. He starts off being horrified. It sounds like the situation went from a level one to a level 70. I cannot believe my family said that. He kind of says, well, maybe this was like got lost in communication. Maybe the things weren't translating correctly. So then Kalani tells him, your sister came at me and got physical. And let me tell you, if she had touched me, like the woman's four feet tall, I would have beat her ass. The conversation then turns into who can beat whose ass somehow. Asuelu's like, you think you can beat her ass? I think she could probably take you. Kalani's like, I've been... It's like a like a scene out of the Bad Girls Club. I could, I've been fighting girls like her. I could fight girls her size since I'm in fourth grade. Mm, I don't know. I think my sister could probably take you. Asuelu, I could beat your ass if I wanted to. No. No, you could not. You couldn't. And I don't think my I don't think you could take my sister either. <laughs> Kalani says <laughs> If your sister had touched a hair on my body, I would have dropped her. Period. <laughs> Period poo. She then it's like back and forth and they're calling each other crazy. They're saying, like, you're an asshole. No, you're an asshole. Kalani just leaves the room, goes back into the living room, starts crying to Kalini. And it's like, you know what? I try so hard with him and I felt like we were making progress. And, but I feel like we just went back. All the progress that we made just went back. And, you know, every day I fall less and less in love with him. And I just don't think I can do it anymore. And I get it, girl. I get it. Alright, I'm not sure if they've been... It's, they've been saying, I think this might be the last week or the second to last week before um, this... No, never mind. That's, <laughs> that's 90 Day the Other Way. 90 Day the Other Way may or may not 
this might be the last week before their mid-season finale, or it's the following week. I'm not sure. Anyway, let's I talk about it. I'm because I'll cry for the whole 24 yeah, hours. Don't, cry. don't make me cry. Okay, think happy thoughts, positive. Don't make the baby <laughs> sad. I'll give Daddy a big hug for you. Don't very much. cry. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. I love you so much. Thank you. I don't want her to go. All right, time for 90 Day the Other Way. Let's go. Um, let's start with Tim and Melissa. We didn't really even see much of Melissa. I feel like the other way this season, I just feel like we're getting a lot of very short clips and not like big overarching storylines often with the couples like Tim, um, Armando and Kenny, especially. It feels like... Devin and Jihoon's story show and then everybody else. Maybe a little bit of Yasmin and Brittany. I don't know. Anyway, let's move on to Tim. Let's all get our Kleenex out since we know he's probably going to cry. And even if he didn't, Cheesecake probably cried and it was like in a cut scene. He's decided to prove that he's serious with his relationship with Melissa by going for an interview. He calls a taxi. Tim is probably the cast member out of all the franchises that I can think of that like seems to actually have a handle on the language that their partner speaks. So one clap for you on that, Tim. But so he calls like an Uber, you know, or car ride share service um, to go to the interview. It's not, you know, it's like a he's going to a recruitment place. He calls it, he's feeling himself, he's feeling like very proficient in the Spanish language, and up pops a motorcycle. <laughs> and Tim's like, is that for me? You're the car that I just called? And the guy's like, yeah, here's a little helmet, hop on the back, you know, and I'll take you to where you need to go. And Tim's like, no. <laughs> the guy's like, yeah, get in the back. You'll be fine. He gets on it and he's like, I can't do this. I, I can't. <laughs> he's never ridden on the back of a motorcycle before. He's not going to do it now. God forbid those like incredibly tight jeans that he's wearing split. Um, you know, all the ads are working against him. So he has to call another taxi, takes off to the recruitment center. And the lady is like, you know, what do you do? And he's like, oh, you know, like, I think he said he worked in like software development or something like that. Who gives a fuck? Um, so the lady's like, okay, well give me, you know, trace palabras to describe yourself, three words. And he's like, oh, um, finances and, and teamwork. So that's two words. And Neither of those are really descriptors. Maybe I can give you teamwork, but <sighs> cheese stick. Um, none of this matters, really. Him going to this interview does not matter at all because he doesn't have a work permit. He is there on a like a vacation visa, and the lady's like, "Okay, well, you can't work legally here in America." And Tim was like, "Oh, I just thought that I could." Because I was an American, people would, like, what, be rolling out the red carpet for you? Like, sir, people in Colombia speak English. They don't need you. <laughs> You're not really that big of an asset. Like, isn't English the language of business and what, right? Like, isn't that the international language of business? Plenty of people can speak English Nobody really cares that you're American, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know much about Colombia, but I have to imagine that they really... America's cachet is... Uh, I think there are a lot of Americans that think that we have a much better reputation in the world than we do. And cheesesteak, here's your reality check. <laughs> um, so the lady says, you know, basic the easiest way if you want to get a work permit is for you to get married <clears throat> I have a girlfriend um, Tim then says we're not anywhere near talking about marriage or Melissa isn't at least so why are you on a show called 90 Day Fiance this isn't 
I have three months to convince my girlfriend and her family that I'm the right man for her. And that even though I cheated it, cheated on her, um, we can make it work. Fiance. This isn't, that's not what that's called. I mean, what? This isn't, I'm not anywhere close to 90 day fiance. What did he think 90 day the other way meant? Like, it didn't mean... Why are they on the show? <laughs> this is what I want to know. Surely there were some. There was somebody more entertaining that they could have found than a sweaty man with red eyes who is constantly crying. Have you guys all seen the memes of Donald Trump Jr. at the RNC? He looks like that. 40% of the time. Why, why are you here? Why are you here? <sighs> Let's move on. I'm sick of him. Let's move on to Armando and Kenny. Ugh. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking storyline with them. They're on like day two of their celebrating their new engagement. Kenny's daughters are still there. They decide to go out for like, classic, you know, authentic Mexican style tacos, you know, like a outdoor area Mexican taco stand. I don't know why I keep saying Mexican. They're in Mexico. Everything's Mexican. A taco stand. Um, They're having a great time. Kenny has to go to the bathroom. Kenny goes to the bathroom. Let's set up the scene for you. This is an outdoor area. Everybody sits out on benches. You go and order. They bring your tacos back. First of all, this is strike two for me with Kenny. They bring out these delicious looking tacos that all have guacamole on it. Bitch, do you know that uh, in America, guacamole is like gold here? You're always having to be upcharged for guacamole. They just give you guac on the ready here. Fresh, authentic guacamole on every taco, bitch. You should be thanking your lucky stars. Kenny... Kenneth is too good for guacamole. He doesn't like it. I don't trust people who don't like guacamole. And I'm sorry, if that's like, if you're one of those people, then like, you know, we can be friends, but it's going to be hard. And it's always going to be the elephant in the room for me. Like who, what is there not to like? It's delicious. It is full of healthy fats. You can put garlic and cumin and onion and tomatoes in it. And it's like a gift, a nectar from the gods. Like, why don't, and don't answer this. Like, I'm going to say, why don't people like guacamole? But I don't want to hear the answer because nothing is going to satisfy me. That's a you problem. Okay. Anyway, Kenny says that he has to go to the bathroom. He goes. And it's, you know, what you would expect from a bathroom at a at an outdoor area. This is something that I would expect at anywhere. Any in any country. This isn't like an indoor fine dining establishment. You're outside sitting on benches. So no, it really wouldn't surprise me that somebody didn't bother to flush the toilet and that the floor is dirty. You don't have to sit on it. You have a penis. All you gotta do is just kick the kick the thing up. And let it fly, okay? It doesn't have a traditional flushing system. So Kenny calls over Armando and is like, how do I flush this? It smells. It's dirty. What am I doing here? They have a system in which you have to take, like, a can, like an old can that they use for, like, you know, industrial-sized foods. There's a barrel in the corner of the bathroom. You have to dip the can in the barrel, get some water out, and then flush it manually, you know, with the water. Kenny thinks this is a horrible system. Armando shows him a great way. Hey, take the bucket, lift up the toilet seat with the can, dip the can. You don't have to touch it, the water in it. Toss it in there. Really not that big of a deal. Oh, but it's stinky. Okay. Well, it's going to stink more the more you just stand here and complaining about it. So take it out, let it flow. And move on with your day. So they come back to the bench that he, uh, their daughter, his daughters are sitting at. 
they're being jokey because Kenny's like horrified. He says that he has to throw away his shoes. Kenneth, get some Clorox wipes. Rinse them off. You can rinse your shoes off. You don't have to get all new shoes. Nobody peed on your shoes. <laughs> they're joking and, and Armando's like jokingly like touching him, giving him, you know, cooties. They're laughing. Everybody's laughing and having a good time. Some homophobic monster walks by them and says adios F words to Kenny and Armando. One of Kenny's daughters knows what he said. Obviously Armando knows what he said. Armando translates what the man said and the mood goes from like, they're so happy and having a great time to it's now like depressing And the worst thing of all is that Armando has been telling Kenny, I don't feel comfortable with PDA because I am not familiar with this town. And generally speaking, Mexico is conservative and not that welcoming towards gay people. So like the first time that they're able to be like, you know, like let it go and just be themselves and be a couple... Somebody has to completely suck the air out of the room. It was disgusting just to see Armando's face just look so defeated and his daughter so mad. And she, you know, both of the daughters say like, this has never happened to us in Florida. Nobody has ever come to us and said something homophobic. And, you know, I is very, very heartbreaking as it was to see. I have to give Kenny props We've all seen Kenny all season. He's been very uh, emotional and forthcoming with his emotions in a way that is not annoying to Cheese Sticks, very annoying behavior. He decided to, you know, take control of the situation, be calm, be strong, and say to everybody, like, what this, you're giving this guy the reaction that the guy, that he wanted. Now, Armando, look, you're upset. My daughter, you're upset. You're trying to, you want to say something to him. Let's not escalate the situation and, you know, get, have it potentially get physical. Um, he said, this is what they want and I'm not going to let it happen. And I need you guys to like pull it together. It's fine. I understand that you guys are upset, but like, I'm okay, we're okay, we will be okay, it's okay. And I really admire him for taking charge of that situation, And but it really broke my heart to see Armando. It's just like, he wears his heart on his sleeve, and you can tell his emotions on his face, and you can just tell that, like, ugh. It was just, like, the worst possible thing to happen. In a situation where they had just, like, let it, like, they had just been able to be themselves. And it came crashing down in a matter of seconds. Like, fuck that guy. Fuck him. Ugh. (sighs) Let's all take a little breather because that really, really made me just so upset for everybody involved. But especially Armando. And especially because next week they're going to be... Um, having to, they're going to be picking up Hannah and I'm just sure that that situation is going to be weighing on him in terms of like, how do I introduce Kenny to my family? Do I say that we're engaged? You know, uh, it just really makes me so upset. So let's move on to a couple that makes me upset in a different way. Ariella and Binyam. It's finally, I mean, it's, Janice's last day in Ethiopia. She is planning on coming back with her husband slash Ariella's dad in a few weeks. So it's not like, you know, Ariella, you're off on your own now. But, you know, I, I understand. They're upset. They love each other. I've seen a lot of people that listen to the show and both in the Twitter universe say, like, I would love to have a mom like Janice. And I have to say, 
I respectfully disagree <laughs> because I think that Janice and Ariel should maybe just go on smothered. I love a healthy mother-daughter relationship. I love a close mother-daughter relationship. I get that. I get that you could see them and think that that was an enviable situation. But the most healthy thing for parents and their children to have is boundaries. And I feel like, just my opinion, that Janice has been manipulating this whole situation since they landed in Ethiopia and even before. She has never wanted Ariella to be in Ethiopia, not because she loves her daughter, but just because she doesn't want her to be in Africa. She's scared. She doesn't think that Ethiopia is good enough for her sweet white child. And she has been slowly but surely, like, manipulating her into thinking, like, not making the best of the situation that she has put herself in. Ariella, if you didn't want to get pregnant, maybe you should have been more careful about how you were humping. It takes two, absolutely. But... You not only made the decision to have sex with this guy, you made the decision to keep this baby, you made the decision to move to Ethiopia. These are all decisions that you made. You are here now. And they go to the airport. Ariel is very upset in a way like she feels like she is not going to see her mother ever again. She and her mom have a conversation where it's like, you know, Ari, if you ever want to come back, just call me. I'll have the plane ticket ready for you as soon as possible. Like, don't worry about it. Okay, that's nice. But like what she's saying is very nice and supportive on the surface. But to me, there's something sinister bubbling underneath, underneath in that like, I just feel like she doesn't trust the situation. She doesn't like the situation. And I think that there are just different ways to go about that. Like, you can tell your daughter that. But you should also be telling her, like, hey, make the best of it. Try to form a closer bond and relationship because this is the father of your child. You don't have to make it work in a romantic way, but at least get to know him get to figure out what he is about try to bond as two people that are bringing a life into this world and want to raise the child as soon as her mom gets on that plane and they drop her off at the airport Ariella is like a completely different person she says you know this whole time that my mom was here felt more like vacation and basically what she says, like, now I'm just stuck with this dude that I don't like. And I have to f- try and form a relationship with him. And I don't want to do it. I don't want any part of it. And that's not good to have such a defeatist attitude of, like, they go to the park. They're walking around. And he's really trying to calm her down. Like, I'm sorry that your mom left. But I'm really excited to make this work for you with us. I love you. I'm going to try to learn to speak English a little bit better so we can communicate better. I'm going to do everything we can to be a couple and try and make this work. He's saying all the right things. She is like, who is a stranger in my face? I don't want any part of him. (laughs) I don't trust you. I feel like I, she's acting like her mom left her to this, like, man that she's never met before. What happened to, oh, we fell in love. It was so great. I think it's more, like, honestly, I kind of wish that Janice had come later rather than coming with her. Because I think she's been planting all these seeds in her head of like, you don't know him. He doesn't speak English that well. How are you guys going to communicate with each other? How are you guys going to build a life? First of all, I think Ariella could afford, or Ariella's parents, if they want to have their daughter live their best life. Like, I did the Googles. You guys heard a few weeks ago. There are apartments 
that are very nice, two bedroom, security guard, house cleaning, modern appliances, modern bathrooms, right in Addis Ababa for $420 a month. That seems like something that his, her parents could more than afford to make happen. This is something like, did Ariella go there with no money? Completely reliant on this man for every financial need that they're going to have, especially when they're going to have a baby. And you know that all his, his main source of income is dancing in the clubs at night. This seems very foolish to me. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I don't know. Am I wrong? I don't know. I just feel like it wouldn't be hard for Ariella's parents to pony up 450 bucks a month until, you know, for a year, right? I I just feel like that's probably not that difficult. Call me crazy. I don't know. Her dad's a doctor and her mom's a nurse. In New Jersey, I think that they're doing, I don't know. It isn't their responsibility, but I think you have to make a compromise of like, if my daughter's insistent on living in Ethiopia, then we're going to help her live her best life. That's just me. I don't know. Um, She says, you know, Binyam only has about three words, three can only speak like three English words to express his feelings. Love, frustrated, mad, and those aren't the words that I would use to describe how I'm feeling right now. Like, yikes, girl. I don't know. I just feel like she is spoiled and she's not making the best out of the situation at all. Like, Binyam's trying. Like, if you can say anything about Binyam is that he is trying. He sat there and listened to your mom be passive-aggressive to him for the past two weeks. He's tried to answer all of your questions to the best of his ability. He's trying to buy you guys, to fix an apartment for you guys. This is not a Jihoon situation. And I think she, at the very least, should be grateful that he is trying. He's trying. Anyway, let's move on to Devin and Jihoon. Shockingly, they actually had a nice little episode (laughs) this week. This never happens. So Taehyung is having a 100-day celebration. That is very common in Korean culture because they used to have a very high infant mortality rate. So getting a baby to 100 days old you know, back in the day was seen as a big accomplishment and it's still a a carryover. Like traditionally people still celebrate it today. So they're going to have a super nice party. (laughs) So Devin is going to go over to Jihoon's mom, who we all know feels great about Devin. Wink, wink. And they're going to be preparing food for the hundred day party. How is it possible (laughs) that Alicia, Devin's mom, did all these monologues, all these, like, paragraph of communications to Jihoon last week, and the translation was perfect, and yet this week, evil Tamagotchi is back again to fuck up the situation. Devin says, you know, Jihoon's mom pulls out a big carrot and is like, okay, you're going to thinly slice the carrot and then slice it up so you get like little shavings, not shavings really, but like, you know, little sticks of carrot. 
Um, so she is, you know, she shows her how to do it, gives her the knife. Devin is chunking it up in the worst possible way. Jihoon's mom's laughing and takes the knife away from her. Just like, never mind, girl. Just never mind. <laughs> Devin says, well, it doesn't really matter how you cut it. It, it just matters how it tastes. It all tastes the same. And Jihoon's mom's just like, uh-huh. <laughs> and just starts laughing. So Devin's just standing there in the kitchen doing nothing. And she goes, gets the Tamagotchi and says, Hey, so what is it that you expect from, you know, a daughter-in-law? What is Korean culture like in the Korean culture? What is expected of a daughter-in-law? Um, and what, you know, what do you expect for me to do at the party? So what Jihoon's mom says is, I don't expect much just to say hi to the guests at the party. And, you know, I don't expect much, you know, as a a daughter-in-law, meaning like, you know, I don't have all these high expectations. So like, don't worry about it. And also, like, just, you know, I understand there's a language barrier. So, you know, just all you need to do is just say hi, say thank you. No big deal. She's not being shady, which is uncommon for Jihoon's mother. We know. Jihoon's mom doesn't really fuck with Devin. That is very clear. But in this case, she was just saying, I, you know, don't worry about it. Expectations are low because you don't speak the language, right? What is translated back... (laughs) is um without much hope meaning I don't have any hopes for our relationship and I would appreciate if you only say hello meaning don't talk to anybody just say hi so Devin's like oh okay I see how this is going so we get to the party Alicia is like you know what even though I want to kill Jihoon I'm going to be nice. And she is, thank God. Uh, Jihoon, Devin, Drusilla, and Taeyang have to get in these, like, for the party, it's traditional to get into, like, traditional Korean um, clothing. I have to say, Drusilla and Devin have never looked better. Devin looked beautiful. Stunning. Jihoon looks so cute. Taeyang, oh... My God, that little chunky baby. He's so delicious. I He's so fucking cute. I, they put him in that little chair. Ugh, you guys. Taeyang is a star. He's so cute. Everything goes off without a hitch. It's basically like older family members that are there. Aunts, maybe a couple uncles, uh, Jihoon's grandma. Uh, Jihoon tries to introduce Drusilla to her grandmother slash his grandmother. So this is your great-grandma. Drusilla, you know, is just running circles like the Tasmanian devil that she is known to be. Uh, But everything goes off great. His family is giving Drusilla, or not Drusilla, Devin, envelopes with money in it. Everybody's getting along. They interview a couple of his aunts, and we're like, yeah, you know, we weren't really sure about this relationship, but Devin was, you know, really nice. Um, Jihoon's mom was just happy that Devin was smiling for once. (laughs) Everybody had a great time. It looked like a really cute outdoor celebration. Went off without a hitch. Devin has now renewed her faith in Jihoon and their relationship. I see him acting like a father, she says. And, you know, this is really a good sign for the future. Thank God. Um, of course... COVID hits pretty much immediately afterwards, but you know what? We'll talk about that later. (laughs) Uh, So what is our last couple? Yeah, Brittany and Yazan. (sighs) Okay. So Brittany and Yazan go out and have hookah. They're having a good time. She's smoking it. Oh, do I look like a dragon letting the smoke come out of my nose? (laughs) Hee hee. Whatever. Oh, But, you know, I'm I'm mad at you because of the night before. Girl, what happened? So what had happened was, uh, 
let's just say Instagram. She didn't say what uh, social media platform it was, but I'm assuming it's Instagram. She posted a picture on her Instagram and tagged Yazan. Yazan's family members found the tag, found the picture, decided to comb through and stalk Britney's whole life. They, one of them found a picture of her ass out in a bikini, poke it out, look back at it pose with one of her girlfriends in Florida. They're at a pool. Britney's defense is we were at a private pool in somebody's backyard. There are bushes up along the fencing in the backyard so people can't see us. Okay, I think the privacy goes away when you post that shit on Instagram, but you know, Brittany, your logic has always been on yikes, so okay. <laughs> Brittany says that Yasun's family has been, extended family in particular, has been like kind of adamant about looking at her social media and using it against her. This family member that found the picture blasted it out to all the family members saying like, oh, look at her. She's naked. She wasn't naked, but you see the yeeks for sure. Um, Brittany, I didn't think she had an ass like that. I gotta say, she looks very tiny. Her ass was on Khloe Kardashian. And I'm saying Khloe because I don't know if it's real. Maybe it is. I don't know. She just has like a very tiny frame that I just was not expecting that wagon behind her. But I move on. So what happened from there is obviously Yazan gets wind of this text that's going around his family. And then he gets upset with Brittany we see a, a scene of clearly Yazan was um, that night filming. They got into a fight. Yazan went to go film interviews. He starts getting text messages like he's uh, Tom Schwartz and she's Katie Sand Katie Katie Sandoval Katie Maloney from Vanderpump Rules. Um, he starts getting texts. He hands the phone off to to one of the translators and says, "Just read what she said." What she said was, I'm tired of this bullshit. Every day you want to marry me and then you don't because of what somebody asks you. You're weak and insecure. I don't ever want to see your face again because you're weak as fuck. So now let's go back (laughs) to them smoking hookah. Um, We know that obviously Brittany is not happy because her uh, right eyebrow is twitching. It has elevated itself. To where we know we're at like DEFCON 3 with her. And Yazan's got to defuse the situation before it gets crazy. And he ends up with like hookah juice all over his shirt. So. She, Yazan says like, we can't keep fighting like this. Because every time we get in an argument, it makes it worse. Like it pulls, it puts strikes against us to people and my family So, like, we have to have a united front. We can't keep arguing like this because you're just making the situation worse for us. Like, I've been advocating for you, but every time you fucking pop off, what do you, you know, (laughs) what do you want me to do? Then he says in an interview that I have no choice. This was so telling. I have no choice to choose Um, Excuse me, I have to choose between Honor and Brittany, but I love Brittany so much. Yikes. (laughs) Not a position that I would want to be in. I don't know about you, but between honoring myself and my family and choosing some chick who has made it pretty clear that she doesn't want really much of anything to do with your culture. And <laughs> she's got a big fucking secret coming out pretty soon in that couple episodes. Uh, yeah. Yikes. So Brittany then decides to change the subject by saying, Hey, do you want to um, 
go back to the apartment with me and spend the night? And he's like, you know I can't do that, Brittany. You know I can't do that. Um, And then we get an interview with Brittany where she says that Yazan's still a virgin, but we all saw that face she made, right? Is this like a Britney Spears situation? Where she was with Justin and she was still pretending to be a virgin, even though she had had her black back blown out many a time. I think it might be. I don't think there's a shot in hell that Britney hasn't ridden that pony. Pony, Sorry. I don't think there's a shot in hell. Um, that was the end of the episode. We all think that, let me know if you guys think, you guys think that Yazan's hit that, right? Like, I just don't see what it would be about them. Like, what's the attraction if they haven't had sex yet? I don't know. Anyway, y'all, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. If you haven't and you would like to give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. That helps me, you know, you could hear the spiel on all the podcasts. It helps me get visibility. It helps me reach a wider market. Um, So if you can do that, I would love it. A written review, even better. If it's five stars, that would be great. If it's a one star, mm -mm, do we have to do that? Let's, you know, five stars only, please. Thank you in advance. Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Bye.